Views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Sitting on a bar stool, kind of short and kind of square, through the foam in his mustache, his voice filled the air, talking about a state of mind, son. All right. Good morning, Jeffersonians. I'm back. This is uh, guest host Chris Kelstrom. Haven't been around for a while, and I'm here with my good buddy and uh, mentor, although he may not know that, (laughs) Brad Smith. Well, good morning. Yeah, you, 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 I, I probably shouldn't have sprung that on you so quickly here, but, uh, yeah, there was a time when, uh, you and the mouse would do the show, and, uh, I never missed an episode. I would schedule my day around it. I was working for another company, and, uh, had to take my lunch hour, and I would schedule it around your guys' show. So, yeah, how you how you doing, mentor? Back when we were young and innocent. There you go, exactly. <laughs> so, haven't been around here for a while. Uh, some big things have happened in my life. Uh, not necessarily good things, although they seem to be working out okay. So, um, have been gone for a while, but now I feel like I'm uh, ready to hop back in the saddle and kind of feel like my old self again. So, how you doing, Red? All right, not too bad. And- you know, just one foot in front of the other and keep trudging along and trudging along until we get to where we're going. That is all you can do. So it's a beautiful day here in Jefferson. It's uh, opening day of dove season. So um, I was already uh, got half a dozen doves, which is enough for my boy Mai's lunch, and uh, went home, cleaned them, ran down here, and I'm on the station. So I still have a little bit of dove blood under my things, and I'm sitting wearing a camo <laughs> shirt because it is dove day in Jefferson, and that should be a national holiday. It should be. Instead of Labor Day. <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, I didn't uh, – there's a new law in California where you have to use non-toxic shot and bullets and everything else to hunt. So um, I guess you could say I use non-toxic shot. I, I use some some some, some sub, a substance that's found in the ground. It's already there. So uh, wouldn't you say – I mean, if it's an element and it's found in nature, would you say that's non-toxic? I'd say it's non-toxic. You're, you're not trying to assign logic to policy, are you? Well, uh, all I know is uh, do I am it. no longer complying. I no longer comply to these ridiculous laws. And, you know, it, uh, my favorite Mark Baird story – um, is when they when the lawmaker and, and I don't remember who it was. Doesn't really matter who it was. They're all the same. But uh, when he wrote the law about uh, not using lead anymore and ammunition to hunt with, uh, Mark Baird had made a, an appointment to go down there and he brought a rock with him and somehow got it through security. He explained what he was going to do. He went there and he set this rock on this idiot's desk and uh, idiot number one said, uh, "So what is that?" And Mark Baird explained that is lead ore. And he says, well, where did you get it? He says, I dug it up at my ranch in Siskiyou County. It's all over the place. And the guy says, that's where lead comes from? I thought they made it in a factory. And this guy wrote a law. Yeah, banning. Just made it illegal for me to use the shells that I have been using for the last 40-some years of my life. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't even know what it is. Doesn't even know. Which reminds me, you know, the story that I tell always to the girl that we had down in Glen County as we were in the middle of a lively debate. All seriousness stood up and asked, what is the farmer's problem? Why can't they just go to the grocery store like everybody else? Yeah. Why do farmers need water? Why do they need, why were, why are they against all these regulations? You know, they can just go to the grocery store and buy their vegetables like everyone else. She's probably writing policy in Sacramento right now. Was she just elected? <laughs> do you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're dealing with here in Jefferson. It's, uh, it's just gotten to the point where, um, right now, uh, hunting season is starting to kick off. Bow season opened a few weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. but, 
The rifle and shotgunning season is just opening now today with dove season, and deer season opens in a couple weeks from now. And you can no longer buy lead. Well, you can buy it, but you're not supposed to use lead ammunition. You're supposed to. How, how many people do you think that actually hunt were involved in the making of that law? Uh, absolutely none. 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 Not, not a no. one problem. In, in fact, I talked to a game warden. He shall rename, rename, uh, remain nameless. But um, I asked him last year because they were starting it. They, you know, brought it into waves. You couldn't use it on this animal, but that animal he could. And if this animal was drinking, you couldn't use lead. But if he wasn't, you could and all this, whatever it was. And so I asked him because I was taking my boy out at the time. And, you know, we were deer hunting, but he had a shotgun with him to pop a squirrel or a quail if we saw one. And I asked this particular game warden, and he says he, he really didn't know. Um, he had been, you know, in the marijuana fields uh, eradicating those for so long that he kind of was out of the fishing game loop. So he went ahead and looked it up on his phone, and he said, no, you couldn't use it for, I think, the squirrels, but you could for the quail or vice for uh, who knows. But but he, he also told me this is going to be way down on my priorities list to see what you're using out there. So even the people that enforce the laws don't believe in them. No. You know, it's ridiculous. Well, and it, it's a prime example of what we've always suffered from from up here is – People that have absolutely no clue about what they're talking about, what they're doing, how to live the lifestyle that we do, have anything relevant to even relate to how we live, dictating how we are going to live. Yep, they're going to impose their views on us. If we don't believe in them, they're going to force us to listen to them and force us to to live the way they want us to live. Well, I'm done being forced living the way they want me to live. I'm no longer complying. And it is what it is, and whatever. I guess you can arrest me. I, I got into a conversation uh, not too long ago on Facebook, and it was uh, somebody was asking a question about uh, certain rifle bullets that were non-lead, and what could they use for deer hunting? And um, you know, I get one of these. Uh, well, my comment was, I am done complying with California's laws. Um, I don't know what part of shall not be infringed they don't understand, but I am no longer compliant. So I get a, you know, one of these shirt sleeve lawyers wannabes that pipes in and wants to explain things to me. So you can imagine how this went, Lared. But he says, uh, hunting is a privilege. It is not a right. So the Second Amendment has nothing to do with it. So I uh, said, really? Well, uh, let me explain to me then. Did the uh, Native Americans, did they have to get a hunting license before the white man came here? How about the pilgrims? Did they have to get a hunting license? Um, you know, how about, how about Lewis and Clark when they came across the West? Did they get a hunting license? How about the original 49ers that were out here in California and, and digging for gold? Did they have a hunting license? I, I said, no. So. Hunting was a right. We let it become a privilege when we agreed to buy a license and buy a tag and buy the bird stamps and all the other stuff. We let it become a privilege. It was a right. So, you know, and then I explained to him Marbury versus Madison that anything that is repugnant to the Constitution cannot be uh, upheld. So um, he finally gave up and left. But there's also a couple of uh, court cases that clearly dictate that any time that a government wrongfully treats a right as a privilege and you have to be issued a permit or some such thing, that the law is automatically invalid because it is a violation of your constitutional rights. Yeah. You know, when uh, Eamon Bundy came out here to uh, Wairika, and, in fact, I have a story about Eamon Bundy that happened yesterday. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, when Eamon Bundy came up here to Wairika and uh, he gave his talk, and then he was outstanding, and one of the things he told us that really struck home with me about Cliven Bundy, his father, was uh, – there was only two ranchers that were not forced off their land down there in Bunkerville area of Nevada, and it was Clive and, and one of his neighbors, and they were the only two that were not forced off, the only two that were left. And the reason he was not forced off is because he owned the land, he owned the water rights around the land. For decades, his cows had left his property to go to a water right and grazed along the way to get to the water right. 
perfectly legal, perfectly fine. Everybody accepted it. It was not a problem. He had the right for his cows to do that. He had the mm-hmm. right that he owned the land and he owned the water rights, and he had the right to have his cows go from one to the other. And if they ate a piece of blade of grass on the way there, he had that right also. The uh, Forest Service came in and said, hey, we're not, we're, you know, hey, we're your friends. We're, we're buddies. We're on your side. But we would just like to put you on a little ranch management plan just so we know how many cows. You have the right to do all this, mind you. We're not trying to take that away from you. But we just would like you to fill this out to let us know how many cows you have. We're not going to charge you. and We're not. Nothing's good. Everything will be fine. So would you fill this out for us and let us know how many cows you have and what time of year they, they move from one area to the next and what days you move them, et cetera. And, and, and we'll just work with you. It won't charge you anything. Everything's fine. Well, Everybody else fell for it except Clive and Bundy. Clive and, or Clive and Bundy knew that if he signed over onto that piece of paper, he would turn his rights into a privilege, and privileges mm-hmm. can be taken away. And that is why he was not run off his property, and everybody else was. Because as soon as they had one extra cow, they weren't in their ranch management plan. As soon as those cows moved a day before they were supposed to, they were no longer in their ranch management plan. So pretty soon they were being fined, and they eventually ran them all off of their own property. Which they dictated the terms of their own ranch management plans. They put themselves in their own jail cell. Yep. But even at the end of the day, even though Cliven refused to do that and defended his rights, look what level of interaction that it took to preserve that man's ranch. Yeah. The level of noncompliance and refusal. And the, the sheer grit and tenacity to take it to that point to defend what was right. And armed Americans that still had their Second Amendment rights and knew that they could use them. And I, I watch daily here in California as every day our rights are eroded and taken away and people complain and get upset and stamp their feet and huff and puff. And then and comply. comply. Yep. And comply. I and no they'll comply, comply with the next one and they'll comply with the next one. And then one day they'll turn around and wonder where their rights went. Now, one thing I think I will comply with is Ashley has given us the signal, so I think we're going to have to comply with her. I will comply with Ashley. I will not comply with the state of California. There you go. We'll see you on the other side. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. The average adult has issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He 
and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palocedrodentistry.com. At ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. It's alive! Mary Shelley's spine-tingling classic comes to the Reading stage in all its theatrical glory. Riverfront Playhouse is proud to present Frankenstein, written by Mary Shelley, adapted by Andrew Billiter, directed by Matt McDonald. Tickets at riverfrontplayhouse.net or at Enjoy the Store in Reading. Showtime's Friday and Saturday, 7.30, Sunday matinees at 2, September 21st through October 19th. Come see a show unlike anything you've seen on the Riverfront stage before, if you dare. We don't take our trips on LSD. We don't burn our draft cards down on Main Street. We like living right, being free. All right, we got a couple Okies from Jefferson right here. So we have another Jeffersonian on the phone. Uh, We might as well just go right to him. Uh, Mark, are you there? I am here, Chris. How are you guys doing today? Doing fantastic. Morning, Mark. Morning, Red. How are you? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> Every day's a new adventure, huh? That it is. That it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just living the dream in dreamland. <laughs> so we got a uh, court case coming up on Friday, and we have some uh, buses going down to the Robert Matsui building. Seems like we've been there before, Mark. Well, oddly enough, and we've been here before too, Chris, we don't have a court case on Friday because Judge Mueller moved the uh, hearing to October the 8th. Huh, hold on. Let me let me get my shocked face on here for a second. Do I look shocked to you, yeah. Greg? Yes. Yeah, okay. Just dumbstruck. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Be still my heart. Uh, it comes straight to mind. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, no, I'm not. But, um, but we still do have a rally. We have a lot of people from all over California that are going to show up at the courthouse. And we intend to be there, and we intend to express our support for the God-given, inalienable, pre-governmental right to self-defense and defense against tyranny. You know, it, when you look at the, the situation just, just from a general sense, every animal on this planet has the capability and the innate sense to defend itself either from immediate threat or from threat by superior forces. And, and most animals have the tools to do it built into them. You know, bears have teeth and claws and they weigh 500 pounds. Mountain lions can run 35 miles an hour and they definitely have teeth and claws. Even a raccoon is a nasty little so-and-so when he is threatened and backed into a corner by a superior force or someone that intends to do him harm. So why is it that the people of California having never been denied the right to self-defense until five years ago, all of a sudden we are not deserving of the rights that God gave every animal on this planet to defend themselves, their family, and their community from threats. Why is that? Yeah, this uh, this came up the other day, um, a little off subject, but it's actually kind of is on the subject. So uh, there was a wolf that drug a couple campers out of their tents up in uh, Canada the other day, and uh, my comment on that was, uh, 
you know, we've banned mountain lion hunting in California. Uh, we've curtailed bear hunting to the point where it's, it doesn't do any good anymore. I mean, we, we, you know, we can't control the numbers of bears now because we've curtailed that hunting. And uh, now we want to reintroduce wolves, but we want to take away the people's right to defend themselves by not allowing guns in uh, state parks and uh, federal parks. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I, I, apparently the same thing that could go wrong when you're in where where you're in the zoo called the uh, urban centers of California, mm. and you have criminals and drug addicts roaming free. In fact, they're protected by law, and their rights are protected by law. In fact, you have a governor that encourages anyone that wants to come here to break the law and come here, receive government services, receive immunity from almost everything, receive a free public education, receive free health care, and then when those people uh, commit crimes, felonies, rapes, murders, they get protection from that, too, because, you know, they deserve constitutional rights, even though they violated the Constitution to come here, even though the governor violates the Constitution every day and takes a breath because he's in violation of Title VIII, Section 1324, but he turns to the lawful individuals, law-abiding citizens, voters, and taxpayers of this state, and he says to them, you don't even have the same rights that illegal aliens have. How does that work? Yeah, that's one of the things that's frustrating is uh, we are funding all this nonsense. I mean, <laughs> we're funding it with our own tax dollars. They're, they're stealing money from us to fund their insanity and then tying our hands up with our own money. Yeah, and you're even funding your own demise because you're funding the government that's stripping you of the right to defend yourself and your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I urge people, you know, come, look, come to the rally. I, I mean, it's it's a way for you to express your displeasure to the court for moving the case, for one, to courts in California for failing to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And, and, and by the way, Article 3, Section 1 of the California Constitution says that the government of California has a sworn duty to uphold the United States Constitution, because Article 3 says California is an inseparable part of the Union and the United States Constitution is the highest law in the land. So you have, a, you have a state that violates its own oath of office, violates its own Constitution, violates the United States Constitution, and then you have a court system that won't uphold the law. So I think it's very important for people to come and express their support of the United States Constitution, in particular in this case, uh, the Second Amendment to that Constitution, because because you must protect the rights that God gave you. And remember, the Second Amendment gives you nothing except freedom from government interference. The Second Amendment is a negative right. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, the Second Amendment has a dual purpose. Uh, a a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of, the free, of a free state, comma. Okay, so... There's a dual purpose in the Second Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms creates the militia because in, on April 19, 1775, the people didn't show up on Lexington Green with government guns. They showed up with their own guns. So they had their own guns. They walked out in public for the purpose of defending themselves and their community from tyranny by their own government. So the Second Amendment has a dual purpose. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed because without that right, there is no possibility to defend against tyranny with the use of a militia or individually or in any other way. And once again, this is a pre-constitutional, 
pre-governmental, pre-societal right given us by our Creator the moment we were born to defend ourselves, our families, and our community against threats both internal and external. You know, I'm looking at uh, October 8th. You said she moved the court case to October 8th. Um, yes. Uh, October 5th is a Saturday before that. I'm thinking maybe yes. if we want to get some extra people down there, uh, maybe we should shoot for a Saturday. What do you think, Mark? Well, I don't know because the court case is on a Tuesday, and so I think people want to be there to hear what the judge says. Um, you know, I, I would I would leave, leave the uh, timing of that up to wiser people than myself, but I know that most of the people from not not within Jefferson who intend to show up on Friday also intend to show up on court day, which is a Tuesday. Yeah, so, I'm just I'm just thinking. I know that your experience up there in Oregon uh, with the log truck drivers and the truck drivers, uh, there was thousands of people there because it was a weekend, and you know the working man, yeah. the working common Joe was at work, and you know it might yeah. send more of a message if we had uh you know i think that's right around duck season if we had a couple hundred trucks full of duck hunters with their you know with their shotguns in the truck driving around the courthouse might send a pretty clear message i don't know just my thoughts yeah yeah i mean and we're certainly free to discuss that um you know i don't i don't ha- i don't have any feelings for or against it it's just uh i think that if people want to guarantee the rights that's given them by god they better start showing up and they better start standing up and they better start speaking up because in California, you have no liberty. Your liberty is gone. Penal Code 25850 and 26400 and 26350 deny you the ability to carry weapons, either loaded or unloaded, outside your house in public. You are denied those rights, period. You're denied them everywhere in California. There is no exemption for uh, frontier counties or parks and recreation in Penal Code 25850. So you are denied those rights. They've made no provision for your carry of an exposed weapon, either loaded or unloaded, outside your house. And then the state says that, well, no, no, because we have an immediate defense exception. And the immediate defense exception says you can produce a magic gun if you're if your life is ever threatened, well, you might be able to produce it if you're if you're magic, but you couldn't produce it if you're an ordinary person because you weren't allowed to leave home with it. And then also the state says, and we do permit carry of weapons in certain places under certain circumstances, uh, excluding this place, that place, this place, that place, this place, that place. Well, these places are pretty much every place because... The 26150B2 and the 26155B2 permits, the open carry of loaded weapons in counties with less than 200,000 people, that's their stated exemption. Not one single one of those permits has ever been granted ever once in any county in California in the history of that permit. So you may be able to ask a sheriff or a police chief's permission to carry openly and expose, but he's going to say no because they all have always since the start of that permit. So you can't carry a gun openly, loaded or unloaded, anywhere in California, and concealed carry is not your right. Well, I know right now my uh, hunting license identifies as a concealed weapons permit, and uh, my Ruger 45 identifies as a rock. So, you know, I, I can't I can't help it. I'm, I'm done complying. <laughs> well, I just I want to backstep a little bit back to the, the Oregon thing, because I, I think there's... 
at the central core of that is something that we're missing very much in Jefferson, and the fact that the people in Oregon had elected representatives that were willing to stand with them to the point that they would walk out, that they would willing to sacrifice their own freedom, risk fine, and risk jail to stand with their constituents. We are completely lacking and missing that here in the state of Jefferson, whereas in our, our area, any kind of elected official that will actually have the, the chutzpah to stand up and stand with the people. And I, I think that... Well, that's you're uh, well read. I, I, I can't argue with that. I, you're absolutely right. We have no one, no one certainly in Jefferson... There is no legislator, conservative or liberal, that stands with the people on the right to keep and bear arms, not one single one. They all talk a good game, but when it comes to actually doing something, they are the missing men and women. Hmm. Yep, we, uh, in, we, we tried to get in one fact, in there. Uh, in fact, yeah, we did. We, we, we did our best, and, you know, I want to say something about Patrick Jones right now. I supported Patrick Jones for Assembly 1. Nothing has changed my mind. Patrick is a stellar individual. He is an exemplary uh, example of a patriot and one of the few who was willing to stand up and be counted and put himself at risk and put his family at risk and his money at risk to try to do something here. And how did he get whipped? He got whipped by union money and the status quo swamp. And so the people, even of Jefferson, most of the people in the state of Jefferson would rather have a swamp creature, a business-as-usual, do-nothing politician married to some other politician than a true patriot who had a plan, a concrete plan to go to Sacramento and make an impact for the better for the people of the North State. And I just am kind of ashamed of the people of Jefferson. And, you know, the people who voted with Patrick and worked really, really hard, they know who they are, and I'm not obviously not talking about them. I'm, I'm talking about the vast majority of people who say they want this and say they want that but are willing to do nothing to achieve those goals. And quite frankly, I'm a little bit ashamed of the state of Jefferson today. But my Second Amendment right, I will not allow my right to go quietly. I will not. And with that thought, we do have to move on to our bottom of the hour break. We got Ashley in there signaling us, so we uh, will be back right on the other side. If you can hold through, Mark, and we'll see you on the okay. other side in just a second. The interest is up and the stock market down, and you're only getting mugged if you go downtown. I live back in the woods, you see, a woman and the kids and the dogs and me. Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. This is Carl on the Bot, and there's only one place you will find a new Sleep Number Dual Temp Layer Bed. That's right, Sleep Number and Reading. Be sure to go in and see them in the Target Shopping Center next to the Vitamin Shop. My Sleep Number is 40, and I feel great. Right now they're making room, so go in and receive huge savings on all Sleep Number memory foam and iSeries bed sets. My Sleep Number is 55. Go find yours today. Sleep Number in the Target Center next to the Vitamin Shop. When I turned 18, I couldn't wait to vote. After all, voting is a privilege for all Americans, right? Then I did the math. 
Did you know that the northern third of California only has three out of 80 seats in the Assembly and three out of 40 seats in the Senate? Northern California has no representation, and my vote doesn't count. Splitting from California and forming the state of Jefferson is the only remedy. Please visit SOJ51.net for more information. Please donate now to help restore representation. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program provides socialization, transportation, and free meals to eligible Native American elders and their spouses. Our program celebrates Native elders through cultural activities, entertainment, exercise, and education. Elders can dine together here and will deliver meals to those who are unable to attend. The Reading Rancheria Senior Nutrition Program is free. Discover the services available to you or your elders at ReadingRancheria.com. A jewel of the North State, a place we love to go and love being members. The view, the best in the North State, from the restaurants, meeting rooms, and, of course, on the award-winning 18-hole golf course, Riverview Golf and Country Club. It's the place to belong. Go in and meet the friendly staff today or go to their website at riverviewgolf.net and find out about their introductory memberships. Riverview Golf and Country Club, corporate, social, tennis, fitness, and golf. Get it all. Become a member. It's affordable and fun. Riverview Golf and Country Club. Leather boots are still in style for Mandy's footwear. Beads and Roman sandals won't be seen. Football's still the roughest thing on campus. And the kids here still respect the college dean. I agree with most of that, except for the respect in the college dean. I'm not sure if I'm on board with there, but rest of it, rest of it, and go. <laughs> what do you think, Red? Well, you know, again, you you bring up another another issue in the state of California is the subjugation of our public education system, especially higher education. Yeah, I you can't point to a single issue or a single functioning entity in California that is not directly in trouble we should really just start calling it indoctrination rather than education that's basically what we're talking about here i mean it's no longer education they want you just smart enough to run the machine but dumb enough to realize you're part of the machine (laughs) there you go exactly mark are you still there yeah i'm still here guys all right so what do you think about our indoctrinations rather than education well I, i obviously the indoctrination of our children something which we allowed by the way because no one could stop us from stopping it if we would simply stand up and say no more to it. Uh, look, we have, since the Frankfurt School escaped Germany, went to Columbia University, and they were avowed Marxist-Leninist communists. They were accepted by Columbia University. They set themselves up. They began teaching uh, American children about the joys of communism and socialism, they uh, trained educators like Angela Davis and Bill Ayers and some of those uh, lying communists. And those people are now educating uh, elementary school teachers, secondary teachers, college educators. And those people are now educating our children in the, in the joys of transsexual lifestyle, gay and uh, homosexual lifestyle, communism, socialism, the joys of murdering your own children in the womb, and that's fully accepted by the government of California because most of those people are products of the same education system, and we're not doing anything to stop it. So really, you get what you pay for, folks. 
um, if you don't stand up and become involved by attending school board meetings, voicing your displeasure at PTA meetings, at school, uh, uh, what do you call those, back-to-school nights or whatever, then you, you're just getting what you allow. You don't get the government you deserve. You get the government you allow. We've allowed all this to happen. It's almost to the point that I question whether we can reel it back in. Obviously, there's always hope because that's the one joy of the human race and God's grace that we always have hope for redemption. But we had better stand up right now and start putting this genie back in the bottle and get that cork pounded in, or it will be too late. We will live in a communist paradise, which California already is, and there won't be any taking it back. Now's the time. I couldn't concur more. It, it is, I think it's beyond time. And, you know, they, they've spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money and a lot of decades corrupting our system to where it is. It's probably going to take us a little bit of time to get it back, but we have got to get the ship in the state turned in the right direction because we're, we're full steam ahead right at the iceberg on yeah, so many different levels. We're, we're about to hit the iceberg now. And yeah, you know, and it's funny because the designer and engineer of the Titanic knew there was substandard steel in the ship, and he said nothing. The <laughs> captain knew that that speed would take him to the iceberg, and he did nothing because he was afraid of what the company might say or what might happen to the company. And, you know, White Star was kind of on the edge anyway. Everybody pretty much in the chain of events knew that they were headed for a disaster with that ship unless they got really, really lucky, and nobody said a thing. I kind of feel like I'm... German, you look at the Germans preceding and up to and including the events of World War II, most of the people were not Nazi party members, but they said nothing. The people in Austria who voted Hitler in because he was going to give them bread and jobs, and they said nothing. And it is true. I, Edmund Burke said it. There was another famous Irish politician whose name escapes me said it. Thomas Jefferson said it. All that is required for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That is the, that is the state of affairs we live in today. Evil has triumphed because we have done and said nothing. And by the way, I'm not excluding myself from this. I'm as guilty as anyone else of getting a job and trying to get money and having a car and having a place and paying for all the stuff that, that makes me think I'm happy. It really doesn't. But, you know, it's funny, the older you get, the less stuff you want to get because the more you realize it's not the stuff that makes you happy. I mean, so my point is this. We're all guilty of this. We've squandered the liberty that our fathers and our forefathers paid for with their ease, their estates, their treasure, and their blood. We've squandered that. It's already a done deal. It's gone, folks. I used to think we were saving the remnants of liberty. I was a real champion of that when we first started Jefferson. Let's, let's save what remains of our liberty. Well, we have none. The state of California has taken it all. You're lucky they allow you to live in your house and drive your car every day, and they're working on that. No more fossil fuels by 20-whatever-it-is, 30. You won't even be able to drive your car. You won't be able to go to the store and get bags of grain. You won't be able to do any of that stuff in the car you have now. You know, your money is only yours because the government hasn't taken it yet. Because they will take it. They're taking it every day. Attacks on your tap water, really? Attacks on your visit to the dentist? Attacks when the plumber comes to see you? Service taxes? Split roll taxes? Consumption taxes? Carbon taxes? There is nothing you do in this state that isn't taxed anymore. 
you already lost your money, you've lost your liberty, the last thing to go is your property, because without liberty, you're not going to be allowed to keep the property, not the way you think of it anyway. So I'm asking you, how badly do you want to restore liberty? How much does this really mean to you, or is the football game on Friday night more important? Well, unfortunately, it's more important to a whole bunch of people. That's how we got here, but... Yep. So we feel like we're we're rearranging the deck chairs now. We are rearranging the deck chairs, but we, you know, but the Second Amendment case is very important because it's a statement to the government of California. And it's interesting to me because when they attack the Constitution, they don't ever attack Article 1 or Article 2 or Article 3 or Article 4, 5, 6, or 7. They don't ever attack those articles. That's not the part of the Constitution that bothers them. The governmental part of the Constitution doesn't bother the uh, the socialists and the communists. What's the only part of the Constitution that bothers them? Oh, I know, the Bill of Bill Rights. rights. Yeah. I mean, they're those, not attacking the rights. ability of government. To, you know, no one's saying, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to have two United States senators. Nobody's saying, oh, the president shouldn't serve for four years. Nobody's saying that uh, congressional districts are, are this, that, or the other thing. Nobody's saying the judicial department uh, branch shouldn't have the right to do this, that, or the other thing. Uh, the only thing the communists object to is your rights, and that's the Bill of Rights. Whenever they attack something, oh, we, the Constitution is a living document. Well, they're not talking about Articles 1 through 7. They're talking about the Amendments 1 through 10. Oh, the Constitution has a living document because you shouldn't have the right to a speedy trial. You shouldn't have the right to be free from search and seizure. Uh, for example, uh, Penal Code 26400 says that any time you're carrying a weapon and a peace officer stops you, he has the right to search that weapon for bullets without a warrant. Well, that's a Fourth Amendment violation, but he has the right to do that under 26400 and 26350. So... What's being attacked here? It's not the processes of government. It's the rights of the people only. And that's what we're fighting to defend against on uh, Friday, this coming Friday. You know, look, if you love liberty at all, if you love the ability to defend your family from threat of harm at all, if you love the fact that you still have some right to self-defense, you, you need to be there on Friday, 501 I Street, Sacramento, California, come around 11 o'clock, and wear your pistol holster with a pocket constitution in it. Let's send a message here. We, we, we have the ability to do this, folks. This is a place where we can regain some liberty if enough people show up. A couple of pretty scary things there to uh, <clears throat> Sacramento uh, swamp dwellers is uh, a holster, even if it's empty in the constitution. <laughs> Well, they are afraid of it. And when I was doing that, when we first started Jefferson, man, I'll tell you what, eyes would get big. They'd see that. And, in fact, we had a meeting in Etna, California, in protest of some uh, state permit that they wanted to ram down our throats. And we told them, no, we're not signing your permit ever. You're not going to take our property. You're not going to take our liberty. And we started wearing empty holsters with constitutions in them. And they ran like scalded dogs, and there was an article. They, they closed down all the public meetings, evacuated all their employees to hear them tell it. I doubt that's the truth, but that's what they said in the newspaper. And then the next day there was an article in the Capitol Press that California Fish and Game 
was afraid of an armed insurrection in Siskiyou County because of a couple hundred people wearing empty holsters with pocket constitutions in them. They are afraid of the light of day, ladies and gentlemen. They're afraid when you lift up the rock and you shine the light of day under their rock. The cockroaches scatter because darkness cannot have fellowship with light. Where there is light, darkness cannot exist. So let's shine the light of liberty on the rock called Sacramento. Let's lift up that rock and shine the light underneath it and watch the cockroaches scattered because they are scared to death of you when you demand liberty. And coming soon, a new law that says it's uh, empty holster will be illegal. So we've got the uh, sign Absolutely. from Ashley that uh, we're going to have to go to a break, Mark. So thank you very much, and uh, I will be on the other side here. Okay, let's go to a break. Up in the hills of Northern California, we believe America is the home of the brave. What we got is earned by working it and handed out for free. We stand for the flag and pledge our allegiance for the last of a dying breed. Last of a dying breed. Did you know that Article 4, Section 3 of the U.S. Constitution lays out the framework for the state of Jefferson's plan to split California? A state can be formed from the land within another state if the state legislature and Congress approve it with a simple majority vote. 51% is all it takes. Your vote doesn't count in Northern California. California is broken and the time has come for 51. Please visit SOJ51.net and donate now to show your support. Purpose-driven banking. That's the vision behind the founding of Five Star Bank in 1999. Services inspired by partnership and defined by shared vision and goals. Five Star Bank, a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Your success is their success. Now that's smart people doing good business. In a world that's both more connected and more isolated by high-tech, Five Star Bank brings you a personal touch to small business banking, cash management, and online services. Five Star Bank, consistently rated among the very best by industry associations, rating agencies, and, of course, customers and partners just like you. Your partner in success is Five Star Bank. FiveStarBank.com. Visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell and Reading. Progressive. Professional. Personal. That's Five Star Bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hi, this is Brian Martin, president of We Back the Blue Shasta. Our first responders need your help. PTSD is a crisis in our first responder community. Please remember during the car and campfires how important they were to you, your family, and your business. Today, there are more suicides than line-of-duty deaths, and we want to change that. Your donations of raffle items and money will help us bring Project Code 9 here to help them identify and treat PTSD. Contact us or donate through our Facebook page at We Back Blue Shasta.
pretty fitting song with 9-11 right around the corner here. Uh, we're not supposed to talk about that anymore. We don't show those images on TV or anything else. We just try to ignore things like that. But totally well, you, you do realize there's actually a large part of the population that's graduating high school this year that was born on around 9-11. Yeah, that's true, and know nothing it's about been, it. been that long. Yeah, you know, uh, we still we still talk about Pearl Harbor. I uh, never forget, but uh, we don't want to talk about 9-11. It's almost like we had, because some people did something that day, if I heard one of our elected officials so eloquently put it. Hmm. So I believe we still have Bob on the line. Bob, are you there? It's been a while. Maybe Bob is uh, no longer there. I lost Bob. Yeah, Bob's, Bob's here. Oh, Bob's there. Uh, hey, you know, you were talking about this last election we had in District 1. Out of all the people that could vote, okay, 21.7% of the people voted. Patrick Jones won Shasta County only by 800 votes. The rest of Jefferson only put up 6 to 8% of the people that were legal to vote that voted for Patrick Jones. Everybody else voted a different way. You know, if we went Jefferson, we go to these meetings down in Sacramento. We have these rallies. This time, September 6th, we got the gun owners involved. We got several groups involved. How many people really from Jefferson? We usually have between 100 and 200 people show up. You know, that's not enough to tell Sacramento what Jefferson wants and needs. Now, I hope with these gun owners and everything, we get 1,000, 2,000 people at least. At least it'll show them something. But, you know, if we can't get people there... Is it worth one day off of work for your freedom, your liberties, and your rights? That's the way I look at it. I lose $200 a day to go down there. And I don't care about losing that because I don't want to lose my freedoms. I don't want to lose my liberty. I don't want to lose the right I have to do to bear arms and be free. Well, Bob, you mentioned the uh, Patrick Jones election, so let's talk about Patrick Jones' election here real quick. He did win Shasta County. Do you know why he won Shasta County? Because that was where he spent his money, was in Shasta County. Um, unfortunately, money buys elections, plain and simple. 85% of the people voted before the election. They all voted by mail. I'm going to disagree with you here just, okay. just a little bit because it's not the money itself that wins the election. It's what the money purchases. Well, yeah, okay. You're absolutely correct, but I, 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 right. we're, we're talking semantics here. So so she was able to send out four or five flyers to, to everybody in every county. That was the problem. Patrick did not have enough money. He didn't have any – he didn't sell himself out to uh, – uh, what do you call that when you uh, uh, sell yourself out to whoever? Selling out. Yeah, hey, okay, there you go. Well, he didn't do that, and he never would do that. So – we had to raise the funds. We raised the funds that we raised. Um, you know, we did the best we could, and he spent his money in Shasta County, and he won Shasta County. He did not have enough money to spend in all the other counties. She did because it wasn't her money. It was PAC money. It was union money. It was Board of Realtors money. 
her husband, all he had to do was make one phone call, and she got a couple hundred thousand dollars into her coffers. We had to hold fundraisers and work our tails and, off and to the get key endorsements and the, the things like yep. that. I agree to all that. But what I'm saying is all the people in Jefferson, we have 20, I, I don't know, nine counties were involved within this part of the election, District 1, and we couldn't get enough people of the state of Jefferson to vote to get Patrick Jones, is what I'm saying. I grant you she spent five times the amount of money that Patrick Jones or anybody else spent. Well, what happens, Bob, is when you have an uninformed voter and the vast majority of people are uninformed voters and they get their ballot in the mail and they're going to vote for somebody and they grab the person whose name they recognize. So if, if they've gotten seven mailers and four uh, radio, they've heard four radio ads and they've seen a TV ad versus one mailer and one radio ad, they're going to vote for the name that they recognize. And that's it sucks if that's the way it is. There's no getting around it. Uh, that's just that's the world we live in now. So I, I, if, they, if they had to give you an IQ test or or, or some sort of a civil uh, test to uh, before you voted, it would be an entirely different world. But it's not. Everybody has the right to vote. Everybody gets the one in the mail, and they just go for the name that they recognize. The 23 counties right now in Jefferson had better put up three to five thousand people Friday, September 6th at this rally if we want to do anything. That's all I got to say. All right, and well. you guys have a good one. You're doing a great job. All right, right you too. Well, we don't have much time left, so uh, let, why don't we talk about the Patrick Jones election real quick? Disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. Not, not overly surprising, to be honest, because it is about name recognition, and it is our own little private Republican swamp up here. Yep. yep. And it, it needs cleaned out, and the only people that are, you know, Bob's dead on, is that we're the only people that are capable of doing that. But to do that, we have to be willing to engage the quote-unquote good guys. Yep. And Stop voting for something just because it has an R behind its name. I agree. Megan Daly is a Democrat. Open your eyes. <laughs> Pay attention to her milk toast husband and his policies and what she stands for. Just because she slapped that R on her name, you turn around and vote for her because that's the name you recognize. And you get the system that you pay for, like Mark Baird said. And if we want to really combat that, we really need to think about how do we dig in and get our people elected because there's another election coming around. She's only got about a year before we can take another run at her. Or we need to step away and start doing our own thing. But to continue to follow the processes that continually lead us to defeat is insanity. Well, with that said, and uh, we don't have enough time for phone calls, so uh, I, I guess I'll just have to handle this on my own. But I'm telling you right now, I will not vote for Megan Daly. And uh, I'm going to have to vote for the Elizabeth Benton Court. And here's my logic behind that. This is just me personally. I'm not speaking for Jefferson or anybody else. This is me personally. When Megan Daly wins that election, if she wins that election, and all things being equal, she will win the election. She will still have all this PAC money behind her, plus she will have the Republican money behind her. So when she wins that election, she will never be out of office until she wants to be out of office, until she moves on. There is no chance. She will still have all the special interest money that she had going into this thing, plus she will have the Republican money behind her. And as long as there's an R next to her name, she will have the Republican money along with the special interest money. She will. This seat will never be vacated. If Elizabeth Bentoncourt wins this seat, 
which it's going to be pretty tough for her to do in a Republican area like Jefferson is up here. But if she were to win, you're right. There's a nut. She would start campaigning in March, and she would be very vulnerable. That is the only chance to, to get somebody else into this seat. There's mm-hmm. going to be a dally in the Senate, and there's going to be a dally in, in so the Assembly. So we, we were willing to elect Brian Daly to the Senate seat. Not because we really had a problem with Kevin Kiley, but because we wanted to get Daly out of the way so that we could try to get somebody else. How far does that logic hold, and how long are you ready to, to yep. hold the line along that line of logic? So, because until something changes. Like I said, for me personally, I uh, don't know the woman. Um, I, do, I do know a little bit of the other woman, but, um, yeah, again, me and personally. My, my question is, is how much money did she spend to come in second? Uh, well, I know she had hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and I know she did not have the ground game that we had, but you know, then again, um, that kind of shows you there too. Uh, we had some wonderful patriots, Siskiyou County, especially, uh, door to door, knocking door to door. I mean, they worked their tails off signs everywhere. I went up there and delivered their, you know, every Tuesday and there is signs. There's more Patrick Jones signs than there is Megan Daly signs up there. Yet, um, I talked to our, our leader of the ground game, uh, Louise, who uh, is a dynamo. Let me tell you, you wouldn't want her against you, that's for sure. And uh, by her count, she got seven flyers from Megan Daly, and she got two flyers from Patrick Jones. It all comes down to money. Now, obviously, she's informed. She's going to vote for Patrick. That She went and did the ground game for Patrick. But the people that aren't informed, they got seven flyers from one candidate, and they got two from the other uh Pat got, I don't know, 5 or 7% in Siskiyou County. So there you go. Unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. And then, again, you know, as was brought up, the extremely low voter turnout. Yeah. Which Russell. is not surprising. You no. know, people are tired of the midterms, the primaries, the special elections. It's, it's been nothing but. It was actually higher than we thought it would be. We thought it would even be lower than it was. But, yeah, it, it you know, we thought it would be 20%. I think it was 22 or 25 or whatever. But, yeah, still, again, it's, you know, people, 85% of the people voted before the election, so they got their their ballot in the mail, and they grabbed the nearest name that they recognized and sent it off, and that's how... Well, and the, and see, that that's the other thing where I kind of disagree with you about the money, is, is I'm pretty sure that election was over before the money even started to get spent, because it was done on the absentee ballots. That, that thing was decided before anything else happened. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with that, and that's why there was money spent beforehand on before the absentee ballots. That we knew there was a big deadline there. Um, unfortunately, uh, Pat wasn't able to just call a couple of unions and uh, board of realtors and whoever else and say, "Hey, send me a couple hundred thousand dollars because I need to get to some people here real quick in the next week." Yeah. Nor would we support him if he did. Exactly. So you know, that's where but we are today. That's again, what happened. We know there's another election coming, and we know when it is, and we know how long we have to fundraise and prepare. Elizabeth, I wish you the best because I really hope that uh, we'll see you again down the road. I'm afraid it's not going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping for. I know she will be vulnerable, and uh, the dally will not be. So that's my personal opinion again, not representing Jefferson or anybody else. That's just me, Chris Kelstrom. Elizabeth Bettencourt, you got my vote. Have a good day, folks. We all have to pay. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional.